Boom! Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest, Danielle Mulvey. Danielle is a former flight attendant turned entrepreneur who has cracked the code on recruiting and retaining what she refers to as five-star employees. Game-changing, dedicated, hardworking people who make big plays and get real, consistent results. Never one to settle for average, Danielle has scaled her several companies to over $50 million in annual revenue while spending less than 10 hours each week overseeing their operations. Danielle's own team of trusted five-star employees provides her with the freedom to spend the rest of her work week guiding other entrepreneurs through podcasting, workshops, and community curating. Have a listen. Have you ever had negative thoughts in your mind that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be successful? If so, you're not alone. I've had those thoughts playing in my mind ever since I took the leap to become an entrepreneur. It's a dirty, dark secret that no one likes to talk about as the glamorization of becoming an entrepreneur is shown in the media. I realized that in order to succeed, I needed help. We all do. So I decided to go all in on myself, spending thousands of hours in the trenches, reading, joining groups, listening to podcasts, hiring coaches to develop a bulletproof morning routine for success. Join me on my journey as together we build our morning fire to ignite our lives as entrepreneurs. My name is Jeff Wickersham, and this is the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. Welcome to the show. I am excited to have special guest Danielle Mulvey on the show. Danielle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Jeff. You are so welcome. So I always love getting into state before we get into a great conversation. I love, love, love our topic that we're going to be discussing today. So let's get three power breaths in where we breathe in and out, center ourselves, ground ourselves in the present moment. Let's go ahead and breathe in and out. Good. Another breath in and out. Final breath in and out. All right, now we're going to amp up that energy. I'm going to go three, two, one. We're going to yell boom at the top of our lungs and three, two, one, and boom. Boom. <laughs> Love it. Thank you for uh, thank you for playing along. So morning routines, habits, rituals. I feel it's the foundation of how we start our days, how we start down that path towards success. So share with the audience what one or two things you do, Danielle, that starts you down that, that path. Well, uh, I've been following the Miracle Morning and the SAVERS acronym, which I'm sure you guys have talked about. Um, but but I make it the, the last S So um, in, in SAVERS. So you've got silence, the meditation, the affirmations, the visualization, the exercise. I, I mix up the order a little bit um, and reading. But then my final, the final S is sprinting on my business. So all that other stuff kind of gets me teed up for the day. I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I own multiple businesses. Um, I have employees um, and I don't really have much time for myself. So this morning routine is my sanity. And it is just if I when I, when when the routine gets busted, it's it's not my best day. But when I have the routine and I can just get into it and go, I end up having my best day ever. And that the final S, the the sprinting on my business, is um, become so powerful to me that I actually now host sprints for for other people, actually all over the world. Um, we have a a 12 p.m. sprint Pacific time, and that gets our 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 friends in Australia. Um, 
which is the next day in the morning for them um, going. But sprinting is all about having intentional focus on our business. And um, it's real simple. Uh, I have a, a, a plan for the week. So either I'll do a five-day sprint or I'll do a 10-day sprint. Okay. And I start with what is my intention at the end of these five days? Or what is my intention at the end of these 10 days? Because as a business owner, we you know, have these amazing ideas and we just think that and hope that one day a miracle will happen in our calendar and we'll have like an afternoon off of like four or five or six hours, a real good chunk of time to dive in and do something. But right. I mean, when does that happen? Never. I mean, it happens if I'm taking a a, a flight across the country, <laughs> um, but but on a daily basis, it doesn't happen. So when I discovered sprinting, I'm like, okay, now I do have that five hour chunk of time. I just break it up into five days and I do it early in the morning. I do it before I start my work day. So before my my day gets hijacked by clients, employees, husband, children, et cetera. So it just has been such a game changer for, again, you know, I, I'll keep going back to sanity because it's, you know, my time that I can control. And so the sprint involves, um, like I said, I have an outline for the week. Here's the ultimate result I want by Friday. And then I kind of reverse engineer from there what I need to be doing and what milestones I need to be hitting each day during my sprint. And when we sprint, um, everyone creates their own sprint plan, but we, we show up together. So there's a, there's accountability. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, and people just kind of like dial in at, you know, the one minute tell. And at 601, we are sprinting and just silently working on our businesses. And then at 28 minutes past the hour, we're taking a quick stretch break, kind of getting those wiggle worms out, um, say a few niceties, et cetera. And then, um, and then at half past, we're back at it again, working in silence. And, um, and then, uh, and then at one minute tell, we, we say goodbye. But, um, you know, you're familiar with and a fan of, of Profit First. Um, and so in Profit First, that principle of Parkinson's law, the empty yep. tube of toothpaste. Mm -hmm. And so the problem is with entrepreneurs and busy schedules and multiple businesses and all this going on is that, um, we, you know, when we have a lot of time, we spend a lot of time. But right. um, when we don't have a lot of time, we, we make it work. And that's the beauty of Profit First and why Parkinson's Law is so important in that and the empty tube of toothpaste. If you have a seemingly empty tube of toothpaste, are you going to go out and not brush your teeth? No, you're going to find a way to get those thumbs under that the, the top there and just squeeze out that final bit so that you can brush your teeth and it gets the job done. You just need right. a little dab of do ya of toothpaste. Um, but when we have a full tube, what do we do? We just glob it on and we don't right. even think about it. This tube's going to last forever, we think. Um, and so, so sprinting gives us that, that constraint of time and it's like racing against the clock to finish it. And, and how it's helped me so much is I, and I think entrepreneurs often find this, 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 uh, maybe it's a phenomenon we have, I don't know. Uh, but but we see things in our head. And so we have this vision for something and it is 
complex. It's amazing. It's wow. Da, 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 but it's in our head. Nobody mm-hmm. knows it. So right. we can scale it back a bit and still delight people. We don't have to just do this, execute the whole vision in our head. We have to scale it back and, and get done and, and get produce results in the time that we have. Right. No, I love that. A couple of things you said, obviously Parkinson's law, right. Of, of the time you give a task is the time it's going to take to perform that task to using the time in the morning before you have external issues coming in other people's priorities to really focus and, and, and sprint and do it in a, a way where you have that mentality because it's not, and I know we were talking beforehand, it's not time management, it's energy management. If you're bringing more energy to that task, it's amazing what you, you can get done. So Danielle, from, from a backstory perspective, get a little, little history of, of where you've come from and, and how you're at this, this point. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I started my first business, the Maverick Group, the black sheep of the advertising agency in Nashville in, um, oh my gosh, when I was 25 um, in 1998. And uh, it was, you know, fun and and out of the gate, et cetera. Um, And I was really fortunate to be part of some wonderful entrepreneurial communities and um, just so thankful for those friends. In fact, we were, I was texting someone the other day and and he was counting how long, how many years it's been. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm old. (laughs) I don't need that reminder. Thank you very much. Um, But uh, so, um, and then when I got, and then I got married, had kids, et cetera. My husband and I started a couple businesses. We moved to California, back to California. I'm sorry. I was in Nashville, moved to California where I'm from originally. And okay. we started a couple businesses in 2010. And at that time, oh my gosh, my kids were, you know, four and, um, and, and two. And so, you know, I was a little bit more in, in mommy mode at that point and such. And, uh, you know, as they've gotten older and, and more expensive, uh, I've, I've been able to kind of get some other things going and such, but what's interesting, I think about me and where I am now and kind of this entrepreneurial journey I've had over the last 25 years is that, um, my husband and I own multiple businesses that do over $50 million a year. Um, but I only spend 10 hours a week overseeing the operations of those businesses. Okay. And I only spend 10 hours a week overseeing the operations of those businesses because I have dream teams. I, I, I know how to recruit, hire, and retain five-star employees. And so, you know, I mean, I can do the work, but I, I've, these people are much better at doing whatever needs to be done than me. Um, and I'm just kind of like the, um, the visionary, the strategic thinker, et cetera. So, um, you know, we run daily huddles across the different businesses. Uh, so I'm, I'm in touch with what's going on. There's some things that I do on a weekly basis in those businesses. In fact, I, I do the allocate, I do the allocations on allocation day. Takes me three minutes. I don't do the bank transfers, but I do get the numbers from our accounting department, plug it into the spreadsheet, the spreadsheet, the calculator does the math, and then I send it back to them so that I know what's going on. But I'm still involved. I still own the financials of the businesses that I own. And then the balance of my time, um, because I definitely work more than 10 hours a week, um, I spend hosting a podcast, uh, guiding other entrepreneurs. I'm collaborating with uh, Mike Michalowicz on his next, next book, All In. So, um, you know, I just really love... um, just being part of an entrepreneurial community. 
That's amazing. And uh, when you said 10 hours per week, I'm sure people, I was like, wow, that, that is amazing. But you have other pieces and, and it's so critical. And I would say, I'm sure you've, you've seen this in your experience. And I know I've experienced it firsthand, especially if you're in that solopreneur kind of doing it all. You are the bottleneck in your business. And, and until you get to that point where you get help, get that five-star five employee, you're never going to be able to grow to the point that you want to because it's all on you. So explain how you kind of this evolution of starting some businesses and then how you're so skilled at identifying, hiring, and then training and having this dream team. Yeah. So, I mean... So as I mentioned, I was really lucky back in my early days of entrepreneurship. Um, I was part of MIT's Birthing a Giants program. And uh, I really dove into top grading because I had, uh, when when I w went to my first Birthing of Giants week, uh, I had an employee who just made me dread Mondays. I used to, I, you know, like I love working. I love, love, love working. And I had an employee who on Monday mornings, I was just like, oh, can I call in sick? Oh, it's my own company. I need oh, to show no. up. And, yeah. um, you know, he was just an individual who was um, combative, um, you know, just didn't. I mean, we're an advertising agency. The, you know, we have to make the clients happy. We've got to, you know, make changes to things and such. And he was just not getting it. He thought he was God's gift to graphic design because he had a newly minted degree. I mean, he was a, a young kid. And um, so we we actually had a top grading session there. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is what I need because I hired this guy like most people hire people. He was the brother of someone I went to college with and the fraternity brother of one of my other graphic designers. So I'm like, oh, he's okay. Sure. Come on in. Yeah. You, you must be good if you're such and such brother and you know, whatever and such. So, I mean, I hired based off of not even gut, you know, mm -hmm. I just am like, oh, uh, basically you, you can breathe, you have a pulse and you know, some people I know. Okay. You, you can start next week. Perfect. Um, and so what top grading taught me, and I mean, again, we're talking like 25 years ago, um, was to really have a very structured interview process, um, to really deep dive in and spend time with a candidate, talking to them, um, scoring them on um, the qualities that you need from them and such. And, you know, I really um, just went all in on top grading. And then there were times where I got lazy and didn't follow top grading. And, you know, those ended up being mishires. So I'm like, okay, I touched the stove maybe more than once and, and learned my lesson and such. And then um, it, my husband and I, one of our businesses processes long-term care claims. And okay. we opened an office in Indiana to support that business because labor laws are just a bit easier everywhere else but California. Um, and so with, with that location, I needed, and we, and we, and we, we, we needed to like build a team quickly, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I needed to find some operational efficiencies, I wasn't going to be back there, um, you know, and, and so how could I do this? So I really just dove into leveraging technology, leveraging okay. assessments and, and not learning to not be tempted or get desperate because, you know, when I look back at my mishires over, you know, 15 years at that point, it was, I, 
a hire out of desperation, or it was a hire that didn't follow a process or didn't follow the system that I that I used. So, um, so over the last ten years, I've really, well, twelve years, I've really perfected um, the the recruitment and hiring process, um, and 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 weeding out the one, two, and three star candidates. I mean, our process, depending upon the company that we're hiring for, has seven to nine steps. Um, And and the first step I'm going to tell you um, is, well, after you apply, that's step number one, you take an assessment. So step number two is taking a preview assessment. And the preview assessment is amazing because we can create a benchmark for the role and then score that candidate against the benchmark for the role. Okay. And um, if someone scores less than 70%, they're out. Right. We don't consider them because to me, a five-star candidate represents the top 15% of available talent in the market. So the majority of applicants are going to be one, two, three-star candidates. One out of seven candidates represents a potential five-star employee. So it becomes a numbers game. You need to cast a wide net. You need right. to get as many applications as possible. And then the people who read the job posting apply for the job and then fail to take the preview assessment when it's sent to them instantaneously are one, two, and three-star candidates. I'm not even going to look at their resume. I don't need to know. And then the individuals that do take the assessment and score less than 70%, again, that's below our benchmark. So those are one, two, and three-star candidates don't bother with them. And so what's left at that point at step number two is we filtered out really the majority of the one, two, and three-star candidates. So we can really focus on the potential five-star candidates and then move them through our the rest of our process, which um, involves testing, involves them shadowing with us. Even if they're a remote employee, um, we do have shadow days with them um, okay. where they are, you know, kind it's, shadowing us all day long and, and getting a sense of the job. So. No, I love that. And a couple of things just stood out to me. One is the, the lesson of that, that first hire and it being easy, right? You, you had familiarity and, and it was easy and that's the way our minds are, are wired, right? We want to do those easy things because if we've got to put in a lot of work that, that subconscious mind says, I'll oh, just take the easy path. This is going to, this is going to be good. So, uh, that, that was one thing. And, and then just having a process and pre-filtering, you think about time, energy management, since you're pre-filtering out those that aren't going to fit the bill, you're only spending your time with qualified candidates and then it's, it's a much easier process. So I uh, definitely love both those, uh, those pieces to the equation. So if I'm a solopreneur listening to this podcast, watching the replay, how do, how do I get started? If I have that trigger, I have that all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I know this is me. I need to add somebody to my team, but I have zero clue. Maybe they've done what you did in the past. They have a friend of a friend of a friend that they hired. It didn't work out. What, where do they get started? So, um, you can get started at five star employees.com, the number five star employees.com, where um, we have a program that teaches you the five star employee rating system. Okay. So you learn how to objectively assess 
talent. Um, you can use it on existing employees and you can use it on candidates. Um, and then uh, I, I, is it okay to cuss? I, I saw yeah, it explicit. Okay. Yeah, you can. So the other, the other thing that you can do is um, if you want to join a, a sprint with us um, and sprint for a week with us, uh, you can go to uh, fixthisshitnow.com um, and, uh, and, and we'll show you how to fix some shit in, in, a, in a sprint in a week or a 10 day sprint. So we have five and 10 day sprints that you can join. And, um, and, and in these ones, they are, um, they're structured and they're guided so that you, okay. you're set up for success and not left to your own devices. But then once you kind of understand the rhythm and how to do this, um, then, you know, you can create your own sprints. Gotcha. Awesome. Where, uh, Danielle, where else can people find you, follow you if they want to, uh, to, to see what you're up to? Yeah. So um, LinkedIn is probably the best place. So Danielle Mulvey on LinkedIn. And um, and then I do have a podcast, Profit First Nation. And um, I'm excited for you to come on the podcast and share your Profit First journey, Jeff. Yes. Thank you so much for the invite. I appreciate it. Awesome, Danielle. Well, I appreciate you being on the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Morning Fire for Entrepreneurs podcast. You now have the knowledge, but without action, knowledge is useless. Choose to act. Choose to step into your greatness and unlock that hero inside of you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review so more entrepreneurs can hear this message. If you absolutely love this podcast, which I hope you do, then share it up with someone you know who might see benefit from it. Become that beacon of change and together we can impact the world.